Go with me, if you would, to Genesis this evening, Genesis 1. We have been for some weeks now on a series about the moving of the Spirit. The moving of the Spirit. And so in talking about the moving of the Spirit, we're storing ourselves up and we're hungry to cooperate better with Him. To yield more fully with Him, to Him. Am I right? Yeah, we're hungry. Everybody say, I'm hungry. For the moving of the Spirit. I said, no, we're not just talking about just in the service. Here on Friday or Sunday or whenever. We're talking about all the time. Talking about at your house. In your car. You ever had the Holy Ghost get in the car with you? I said, well, he's with me all the time, Brother Keith. I know it. I know it. But he can come on you. He is in you. All the time. And thank God he'd never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you always. And you can know that and walk with him by faith. But he also will come upon you, you know, he can get in the chair with you. Hmm? You ever had the Holy Spirit get in the chair with you? I have. And when he does, you don't have to ask somebody, is he here? You don't have to ask anybody. He's real. He's a person, just as real as any human person you know, but divine. He is God. Oh, he's wonderful. He's knowable. I said he's knowable. The Bible talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so this whole series, we're hungry and we're looking and we're listening and we're ready to do the word concerning the moving of the Holy Spirit. Look at the text here in Genesis, the first chapter, Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. There's a lot of folk confused about how it happened. But there it is right there. (laughs) I'm happy with this. How about you? How did it get here? God created it. When? In the beginning. You understand all that? Nope. But I can believe it. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God. Now this is verse 2. <laughs> right? I mean, this is early on. <laughs> and what are we hearing about? The Spirit of God. And what's He doing? Moved. Upon the face of the waters. And God said let there be light. And there was light. Now when God said. That's the word. And we know the word is a person also. Right? In the beginning. Was the word. Right? And everything was created by the word. So we see God. We see the Spirit of God. We see the Word of God. Who became flesh and is Jesus. Right here. And we see God ready to speak. And His words. That is Jesus. 
And we see the Spirit of God ready to what? Move. In connection with what? The speaking of the Word. And if you were here, we talked about that other definitions bring out that the Spirit of God was hovering. 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 But we have, you know, helicopters now. And what are helicopters, when they're hovering, what are they doing? They're there, ready to do something, right? In one place, but ready to move. Powered up, ready. And the Spirit of God was powered up. (laughs) Hovering, ready. And when God spoke and the Word came out, then the Spirit of God manifested the Word in the earth. We said, you know, that waters in the Scripture is a type of peoples. Many, many peoples. Is the Spirit of God hovering over the waters of the earth today? Over the teeming tribes of mankind? What's He ready to do? He's ready to move. In connection with what? The Word of God. Hallelujah. Just to remind you, we said two very important things in connection with the moving of the Spirit. We said the Spirit of God, number one, manifests the Word. You'll find uh, more than one reference to the Spirit of God and manifestation. Well, what does manifest mean? To show, to reveal, to make known. That's the Spirit of God's job. That's his ministry. To manifest the word. And what else? The spirit of God magnifies, glorifies, magnifies Jesus. Which is really saying the same thing. Manifesting, showing forth the word, magnifying Jesus. You're talking about the same thing. Yet it's varied in many ways. So, we're not... To try to think about just having experiences in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I want to be used. I want to be used in the working of miracles. I want to be used in special faith. I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be used. Yeah, but his main job is not to come so you could be used. I want to feel the power. I want to feel the power. Yeah, you're a novice. You're immature. It's about feeling. You know how I know? That's how I was. Thank God a few years ago. But as you grow, you begin to realize it's not about me having an experience. It's not about me feeling the power. It's not about me knowing things. It's about the word being manifested It's about Jesus being magnified. And if he is lifted up. And if he is glorified. And if he is magnified. Men are drawn to him. And if the goodness of God is manifested. That leads men and draws them to repentance. And change. And that is kingdom business. And that's what this is about. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. And let's remind ourselves of this. 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 
12. Verse 1 starts out by saying, now concerning, actually the word is spirituals, things of and pertaining to the Holy Spirit. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, he wouldn't even have said that unless there was a whole lot of ignorance about the subject, and obviously there is. And he went on to say, among other things, in verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit. The what? Now, you know, we have to watch about these words that we have heard and read so many times. They're familiar to us, but just because they're familiar to you doesn't mean you understand them. What does manifestation mean? If you'll check your heart, there'll be times in your life where the Lord will lead you to use different words. Because you have used words so much and so long until, uh, oh, what's the word? It's mental assent, but it's not revelation to you. You don't understand. So instead of saying manifestation, what could you say? The what? The showing forth. The making known. So read that verse like that. Read it out loud for me. But the what? But the showing forth. The what? Making known of the Spirit is what? To who? Well, how many would understand if the Spirit of God is showing something, making something known, He's moving. He's doing something, right? He's moving. Who can have this? Hmm? Every man. Who can have the moving of the Spirit? Every person. But it's for what? Not just for personal experience. It's to what? To profit with all. To profit the body. To profit the kingdom. Right? For the glorification of the master. For the manifestation of the word. The showing forth. The making known. Of the spirit. Is given to every man. To profit. With all. Let me say it again. The spirit of God. Manifests the word. He causes it to be seen. He makes it known. He makes it clear. He also magnifies Jesus. Go with me, why don't you, to John. John 16 and verse 14. Jesus said, talking about the Holy Spirit, he said, he shall what? Glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he will take of mine and shall show it unto you. So the Spirit's ministry is wrapped up beginning, middle, and end in Jesus. Making him known and glorifying him. I said this for a little bare repetition some years ago when I had the privilege of teaching on the Holy Spirit in Ramah. Uh, I was studying... And had been for some length of time. And as I was, the Spirit of God was just becoming more and more real to me. I was meditating and dwelling on these scriptures and preparing my uh, lessons and what have you. And one day at my desk, I just stopped and I said, Holy Spirit. Because I had been reading and studying that He is a person. 
and all the different verses about, uh, you know, how he acts and reacts. And, and some people talk about when you say Holy Spirit, they said, what is it? Well, he's not in it. He's not just some power or force. He's a person. And I laid my Bible down. I said, Holy Spirit, you're, you're real. You're a knowable person. I said, tell me about yourself in all sincerity. I want to know you better. I want to fellow, cause I just got through reading about the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I said, tell me about yourself. And when I did, I heard something inside. Don't mean a voice outside, but inside. He quoted the scripture to me. He said, when he has come, he shall not speak of himself. I thought, okay, all right. I got it. I said, Holy Spirit, tell me about Jesus. <laughs> and it's almost like he said, have a seat. That's his ministry, right? He's not here to talk about himself or me or you. He's not here to magnify you or any flesh. He is here to glorify Jesus. Read it again. Chapter 16, 14. What did Jesus say? He shall glorify me. me. We want the moving of the Spirit. What's He interested in? He's interested in manifesting the Word, magnifying Jesus, which is really the same thing. So if we're really hungry for the move of the Spirit, what are we interested in? Magnifying Jesus, right? And Him being shown and seen and known. Now, most any Christian with any sense would agree with this. But, you know, off the service time and off the record, people do, the more immature they are, they think about their self. People being impressed with me, my anointing. My call, my ministry, my experiences, my revelation. And that is a hindrance to the move of the Spirit. I know I've said it about 35 times, but it is so important. If we want the move of the Spirit, I have to forget about me. You have to forget about me. And you got to forget about you. And we got to get on the same channel. Remember, we spent the whole night one time talking about in one mind. In one accord. But not all of us thinking about me. All of us thinking about you. But we read it in Romans 15. That they may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. As they became one. The scripture said to praise God. As they became one to lift up the sound and worship God. Then the spirit of God moved in. The cloud of glory filled the building. One to glorify Him. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Turn back to, you're there in John. Go back to the uh, 14th chapter. John 14 and verse 21. He said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Do you love him? How would we know? You do what he says. He that loves me shall be loved of my father. 
And I will love him. And will what? Manifest myself to him. Now we know from other scriptures. How's he going to do that? By the spirit of God. Who's in us and on us. And with us. We walk down here right now. By faith. The scripture said to be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. And in a few more breaths, all of us will be in heaven. Won't be long at all. I'm telling you, your whole entire life, my entire life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while. Everybody say poof. That's your life. (laughs) This is all we've ever known. So we think a year, 10 years, 50 years is a long time. It's nothing compared to eternity. And just a few more breaths, all of us will be in heaven, which is great. But till then, we have a job to do. We're here for a reason. We're here on the front lines. And there's enemy down here. We're here on the field of conflict. We're here in an earth filled with curse, demons, and crazy people. But we are not alone. We're not in this thing by ourselves. Oh, we've been given our loins girt with truth. We've been given a breastplate of righteousness. Our feet have been shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We got a helmet of salvation. We got a shield of faith. We got a sword of the spirit. And we got the greater one. On the inside of us. And we got each other. And we got the host of the angels of God. To get a job done. And the job is not to let everybody know about us. And how great we are. And about our ministry. Right? It's for everybody to find out about him. Jesus. To see him. To know him. To know him better. And boy the more we get on that page. And the more we get focused on that. Then the more the spirit of God. Can move in us. And through us. Because we're thinking like him. We're flowing like him. We must learn to cooperate with him. Not try to get him help us do. What we've decided to do. Now in talking about this. Go to Acts 13 again. We ended on this last week. Acts 13, I'm saying it, saying it, but somewhere or another don't feel like I'm, I'm saying it. Tell me again what the Holy Spirit's interested in. Manifesting the Word, who is a person, who became flesh, right? Went to the cross. The Holy Spirit, He's interested in His ministry is to magnify Jesus, right? Jesus is the greatest example of a human being fully cooperating with the Father's will and the Holy Spirit. He worked with the Holy Spirit. And you'll see that he never took credit for one sermon he preached, for one healing, for one uh, miracle, for one sign. 
Not a one. Read John sometime and underline every time you see a phrase like this. He said, I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I don't, I don't speak my own words. I say what I hear him say. I don't do my own things. I do what I see him do. He was completely selfless concerning these things. He never got up and said, what do I want to do today? Not once. And he's our example. And so to have the stronger move of the Spirit, we must be selfless and focused on Jesus. And that's, I know that sounds good and it sounds religious, but it's got to be real to us, not just words. Right? And when we get so focused on Him that I'm not thinking about you, and whether you're smiling or whether you're not, or whether you like me or whether you don't, or whether you're saying amen or whether you're not, and you get so focused on him until you're not noticing if I'm quoting it right or if I'm, you know, got a string on my pants or my hair is right or I, you know, messed up the English language or any of that until you and I are focused on him. One mind, one mouth, one heart, glorifying him. Then, then, then we'll see stronger moves of the spirit than we have seen heretofore. And are you hungry for that? Do you desire that? The Spirit of God is very accommodating. God is very gracious. He takes people as far as He can. But so many times that's just not nearly far enough. People are not hungry enough. You know, like we've said before, there are whole denominations. There are millions of Christians in different groups. They don't even believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in miracles and power manifested today. So how can the Spirit even begin to move in these areas? They're not open to it. Well, we're open to a few of these things, but let's not assume that we're open to everything He wants to do. Because we have been the same way in some other areas because of our ignorance. And one way to begin to open up is to not anymore judge others for their ignorance. Are you with me? Don't make fun of anybody or mock anybody or speak negatively about anybody or any group because they don't believe in this or they don't believe in that that you know to be right and have experience in because there are other areas that you're the same way. We know in part. We prophesy in part. So if we want grace, who gets the grace? The humble. Well, the humble are not judgmental. Right? The humble are gracious. Thanks be unto God. Well, let's just say it right. I think there's a number of people that should. All of us have made mistakes in these areas in times past. But say it out loud. Father, forgive me. For saying anything negative about any Christian or any group, not yielding to you, for we know we've not yielded to you because of our ignorance, our stubbornness in other areas. Thank you for your mercy. Teach us and we'll yield and we'll not judge. 
anymore. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love our brothers and sisters in every group, every denomination that really preaches Jesus. Right? And I mean, we, you don't look down on anybody as less a Christian than another person because they don't believe in healing or they don't do this, they don't do the other, they don't believe in prosperity, something like that. No, no, no. Because they might be way stronger in another area than you are. And you're not even aware of it. They may not be aware of, of their weakness in this area. And you may not be aware, or I myself, of our weakness in another. And if we're gracious, then we'll be open. The Lord's talking to us about this, not judging and being gracious. Because it goes hand in hand with being open. And before he can move, we got to be open. Open. To some things differently than we've seen and known. You know, uh, famous last words of dried up dying churches are, we've never done it that way before. We never saw it like that. That's how you die and dry up because there's a whole lot of things we've never seen and known that's God. And that's right. It'll always, you come right back to the word, it'll be in here. But there's a whole lot we haven't seen in this wonderful, wonderful word. Where are you right now in your scripture there? Acts 13. Let's read that then. Acts 13. Now there were in the church, in the church, they had a church, didn't they? Did they go to church? And you notice these are ministers. Should ministers go to church? Yeah. Ministers got to be fed too. Should be. Certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manium which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So here are ministers And the Bible said they were prophets and teachers. So they were either a prophet or a teacher or a prophet and a teacher. You know, uh, because some ground has been lost in the body concerning some ministry gifts, there's mystery surrounding some of these like apostle and prophet. When you say prophet, people don't react the same generally as when you say evangelist. But there's from the same verses. Right? When the Lord ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Right? And he gave apostles and prophets, same time he gave pastors and teachers and evangelists. But people have, you know, if they hear apostle or they hear prophet, they think, ooh, I don't know, that's weird, that's strange. But prophet shouldn't sound any stranger to us than pastor. Apostle shouldn't sound any stranger to us than evangelist. And you don't have to be any weirder than a good pastor to be a good prophet. There's a reason why I'm saying it. People got goofy ideas about this. Oh, so-and-so's an apostle. Ooh. Why don't you say that when you think evangelist? So-and-so is an evangelist. Ooh. <laughs> Anointed of the same God. 
called of the same God. And all of them are men or women. Right? With a call on their life. All this mystical and all this shadowy stuff is ignorance. And the enemy takes advantage of it. People's ignorance and tries to work a lot of flesh stuff. So these men got together. It's a minister's meeting, if a small one. And what did they do? Next verse is what? As they asked each other questions. As they talked on and on about who's right on this doctrinal point. As they slugged it out with the scriptures. Huh? Uh-uh. They weren't looking at each other. They weren't there talking to each other right now. They were doing what? Ministered to the Lord and fasted. We talked about you can't fast for 30 minutes. You can't say, man, I was fasting today. Good 20 minutes I fasted while I waited over. You did. You got to miss at least a meal, one meal, to say you fasted, and that would involve three or four hours. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Some people don't think they want to agree. Hey, you know it's true. You don't fast for 30 minutes. I fasted all the way from work till I could get to the house. No, you didn't. You just didn't have anything. You're not fasting. And what we were saying last week is that, you know, we looked at others. We looked at when uh, Ananias and Sapphira got judged. And uh, the service had been going on for some length of time. And then she came in three hours after he had come in and they talked to him. And the service was still going on. And then we saw that one, you know, about Paul preaching, you know, all day and then all night till daylight. That was a special service. They run long, man. And people, you know, people get excited about a, a three hour service. Well, man, we're talking about 15, 18 hour services. Don't get scared. Do we have a different spirit than they had? Do we have a different gospel? No. Different church? No, it's the same. Somebody says, what? I hadn't got time for that. Well, that's the problem. Isn't it? And what people don't realize is they're saying, I don't have that kind of time for God. I've got a life. Well, that's a problem. And I've noticed this, that so many times... If you get to pray or you get to praising God like you don't care if you're there all night, it usually doesn't take that long to get in the spirit. But if you're antsy and watching the clock and the watch and thinking about what you got to do and what you got to get to, you're not making progress. You're not getting in the spirit. You're staying in the flesh. So they ministered to the Lord. And they did it more than 30 minutes or an hour. They did it long enough to miss at least one meal. I wouldn't be surprised if they were there most of the day or longer. Doing what? 
Help me out with this now. What were they doing? Say it again. What were they doing? Ministering to the Lord. Can you minister to the Lord? Obviously. How do you do that? How do you do that? I don't think we've been strong enough on this. Why are we talking about this? We're talking about the moving of the Spirit. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what did it say? The Holy Ghost started talking. It was this important. Ministries were launched that day that we follow through the rest of the book of Acts and out of it came people raised from the dead and whole cities turned to God and healings and miracles. We're all for that, right? But do we have 30 minutes? (laughs) Do we have a day? It's really ignorance and confusion. Because people think, they think it's just a huge thing to have a whole day of ministering to the Lord. You mean all day long? That's not a waste of time. Let me tell you what's a waste of time. You jumping out and God didn't talk to you. You launching into something and spending the next six months bumping your head against the wall. And wasting a year and $500,000. Because you didn't have four hours. You see what I'm talking about? It was one man, i got to forget his name uh, in history, that he wrote. He said, I have so many things to do today. I think I'll spend the first three hours in prayer. That's a man of understanding. The more you've got to do, the more important it is that you wait on God as long as necessary and get your direction for how to do it. So that you don't waste time. So that you don't waste resources. Say it out loud. Ministering to the Lord. Lord, Waiting on the Lord. Lord, Is never. never A waste of time. time. I want you to say that again. Ministering to the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord. Is never. A waste of time. Never. 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 I know uh, I come from uh, my dad and my granddad and his dad. Men with strong work ethic. Man, if you didn't work, and I mean make the sawdust fly, then you're sorry. Anybody know what sorry is? (laughs) I remember as a boy, I must have been about 14. I was helping my granddad cut wood one day. And I mean, he worked like somebody was after him. You know, I mean, he was, uh, what was he? Would he have been, maybe he was in his late 60s at that time. And I was about 13, I think. And uh, man, he's cutting firewood. and, And I'm working as fast as I can. I mean, I'm loading and I'm falling behind him. And he looked around and I there was a pile I hadn't got yet. And he shut off the saw. He said, boy, if you ain't going to work, go to the house. I thought, golly, I mean, I'm sweating. But that's the way he was. And so I I was brought up with that mentality. Man, you you know, you don't lay around. You get up and get with it. Do it. Work. And there's some good things about that. But when I got into the ministry, it's not just about sweating. 
You understand what I'm talking about? And so I began to realize I need to learn how to wait on the Lord. So I'd come in, do what I had to do, and I'm going to lay across the bed and get quiet and wait on the Lord. Oh, that was tough on me. I'd look out the window. Man, the sun's shining. I'm laying across the bed in here. I could just hear my grandpa shaking his head going, sorry. He's laying up in the bed. He's just a sorry rascal. I raised that boy better than that. But I realized I can't just be busy, busy in my mind and with my body all the time. I got to get quiet and hear from God. Uh, The Bible said, be still and know that he is God. Wait on the Lord. What will happen to you? Man, that was tough on me. Because I'm laying there and I'm thinking, you know, I could do this. And I could be doing that. And I could get up and do this. And There were several times I'm laying across the floor in my office. And I'm trying to get quiet and pray. And I'm thinking, man, digging a ditch would be a lot easier than this. I know how to do that. Just get after it. and Throw the dirt. Say it again. Ministering to the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord Lord. is never never wasted time. time. Never. Never. We live in an entertainment society where people are used to turning on the TV and them changing what's going on real quickly so that you can maintain the attention span of a two-year-old. And people are used to that when they come to church. And people have that attitude. Hey, I got up. I got dressed. I even put something in the plate. Now, impress me. Do something. And ministers feel pressure to produce, to impress, to wow. And it's wrong. I said it's wrong. Because it's flesh looking to flesh. And so we got flesh moving. And we have great moves of the flesh. And then flesh begets flesh. (laughs) So we want to eat and talk. And sit and talk and eat. And then we want to talk and eat. And then talk and talk to each other. I'm talking about talk and then eat. It's eat and talk. And we've become great mighty champions. At eating and talking. (laughs) And our bodies look like it. I didn't intend to say any of that. But it's true. I said it's true. We have highly developed at talking to each other. Oh, we can talk to each other all night, especially if some eating's involved. We can talk. But they didn't come here and talk. Or eat. This may be better than you think. What did they do? Ministered to the Lord. So they're not talking to each other. Right? They're not talking to each other. They're not talking to each other. And they're not eating. And this went on hour after hour. But because they're focused on him, obviously what happens, what we studied about earlier, they must have become one mind, one mouth to glorify him 
And here comes the Holy Ghost manifesting himself and speaking and launching and sending. Hallelujah. And what he launched and what he sent, he confirmed page after page after page. They're not struggling trying to get the Holy Ghost to help them because this is his idea. Oh, can you see it? And so they got healings and they got miracles and they got whole cities turning to God. Are they having moves of the Spirit? Where do we see it kicked off? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Do you have to wait for service time to do that? No, no. You can do that at home. And we can do it here. Go to Psalm 105. Let's talk more about this. Let's talk about ministering to the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. Does that sound good to you? You like that now? Ministering to the Lord. Should you become, instead of an expert talker and eater, (laughs) should we become expert at ministering to the Lord? Good at it. Proficient at it. Able to do it all day. Able to do it all night. Minister to the Lord. Without looking at other people or having them pay attention to us or anything. Just minister to Him. Psalm 105. Says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Wonder why it said, oh. Say it both ways. Give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. There's a difference. Call upon His name. That's not me calling you. That's not you calling me. Call on His name. I've gotten several letters over the years of people saying, telling me what they needed. Material and money. And then misquote the verse that said, you know, Brother Keith, just like the scripture said, let your request be made known. <laughs> the script, that's Philippians. Misquoted. Did anybody remember? Be careful for nothing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication. Giving of thanks. Let your request be made known. Under Brother Keith. No. Under mom and daddy. Under your rich brothers and sisters. Under the government. No. Unto God. Oh, I like what the psalmist said. I've been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Believers are not beggars. And they don't pull on each other. And they don't ask you and drop hints and go to you. They know how to go straight to God. Go straight to God. Your personal stuff, you don't have to tell anybody about it. Go straight to Him. Let your requests be made known unto God. They ministered unto unto the Lord. Unto Him. This is not horizontal. This is vertical, if you will. Not between us. Between us and Him. He said, call on His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Him. 
sing psalms unto him. That's not me talking to you about him. That's me talking to him. That's not you talking to me about him. That's you talking to him. That's you singing to him. Singing psalms to him. Can you do it? Did you do it today? A lot of people can't say. They they go, Brother Q, I'm not a singer. Yeah, you are. Everybody can sing. Every Christian, every believer is supposed to sing. Like we've said, not everybody should be given a microphone on the platform. Not everybody should record. But everybody can sing. It's different than just saying. You're to lift up your voice. And who are you singing to? You're not, if people say, well, I, what if somebody hears me? You're not singing for their benefit. You're not singing to them. And the Lord doesn't hear your pitch. He hears your heart. Glory to God. And when you really love him. And you really believe in him. And you really speak from your heart. It is true music to his ears. He seeks such. To worship him. Those that will worship him in spirit. And in truth. He seeks it. Now we're talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. Who has everything. And yet this is something he likes. Something he enjoys. Something he seeks. Oh what a great thing. To think we could give to the giver. We can minister to the one who ministers our every breath. Our every heartbeat, we can minister something to him that he'll receive from us. You hear people talk sometimes, we don't have anything to give him. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Something that he values, something he will receive, something he appreciates, something he enjoys. And it is not about physical performance. It's about heart. 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 He even tells you what you're going to be singing about in the next verse here. Among other things, what you're singing about? Talk of all his what? Wondrous works. If you read some of these Psalms, you'll see that how the earth is full of his riches and how he created the sea and, and how he's mighty and his voice breaks the biggest cedar and he rides on the wings of the wind and, and you're talking about all he's done and he split the Red Sea and, and he fed them with manna and Jesus. You can begin to sing a gospel song then. You. What were these men doing for hour after hour? What were they doing? Ministering to the Lord. Can we do it? Can we do it for longer than a minute? Is it conducive to the moving of the Spirit? Oh, yes. Keep reading. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them do what? 
Oh, now this leaves out a lot of folks. No mourning. People call themselves ministering to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Not ministering to the Lord. That's you having a fit. You know, you, you have, having a worry session. You panicking, right? Fearing. And people get in religious ruts. They just go into a mourning mode. They're supposed to be praying or, or praising. How many understand this word right here? What? What does it say? Glory in his holy name. And not just your voice, but down deep inside, let your heart, let the heart of them do what? Rejoice. Rejoice. You stir up joy on the inside, no matter how you feel. You say, oh, i got such a great God. I have such a wonderful, wonderful, glorious, good God. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to tell him how wonderful I know he is. I'm going to sing to him. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to exalt him. I'm going to magnify him. And boy, you start thinking and talking like that. The Holy Ghost says, yeah, and I'll help you. Because <laughs> you're on the same page with him now. You get caught up in that longer than a minute or two. The Spirit of God will start moving. Whether it's in an individual's room or whether it's in a church service. He'll begin to move. He'll begin to speak. He'll begin to move. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he has done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. That's what you're going to sing about. That's what you're going to talk about. That's what you're going to glory in and rejoice in. Remembering what he's done. Talking about his glorious works. Talking about how wonderful he is. This is how we minister to the Lord. Go to Ephesians and we'll begin to wind this up with this. How many think we ought to act on this some tonight before we get out of here? Not just be hearers of the word, but how would we do this word? How do we do it? We minister to him. Ephesians. Five sixteen. Five sixteen. Redeeming the time. Making good use of the time, buying back the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If you're filled with the Spirit, He must be moving. Right? If you went from one level to another, if you went from a third full to half full to three quarters full to full and overflowing, somebody's moving. Right? Something's happening. He's moving in you. Individually, personally. And he compares it to being drunk. Doesn't he? 
Don't get too quiet on this now. He compares it of all the things he could have compared it to. This is his idea. He said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but instead of that, be filled with the spirit, or as one translation brings out, or the definition I should say, be being filled. It's an ongoing thing. Be being filled with the spirit. What's the very next word? Speaking, speaking to yourselves, but not, you'll see what he's talking about. He's not just talking about addressing yourself. Speaking to yourselves in what? Psalms and hymns and what? Spiritual songs. How are you doing it? Singing and making melody. That's not being depressed. That's not being down and sad. To who? To who? In your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. To the Lord. To the Lord. (laughs) Would you be ministering to the Lord when you're doing that? Does it have an effect on you? How does it affect you? Get filled with the Spirit. Which has some similar effects to being drunk on wine. You just get entirely too happy. And you get to where you are feeling no pain. And not worrying about a thing. Right? On the day of Pentecost. When the Spirit of God moved. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And they came down out of the upper room. And the people that saw them said what? They're drunk. Look at them. Now, why would they have said they're drunk? Because they all marched down single file, speaking in tongues. They wouldn't have said they're drunk. They would have said they're speaking in different languages. Why would they say they're drunk? There must have been too much laughing. There must have been some swaying. There might have been a stumble or two. There could have been some falling out. Right? There was excessive joy. Is that a move of the Spirit? That's being filled. And here he tells you, don't be drunk with alcohol. But he didn't just say you couldn't get drunk. (laughs) Remember what Peter said? They said they're drunk. They're drunk. He said, these are not drunk. As you suppose, like you think, but they are, he went on to talk about, it was a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy, how that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh, and among other things, your sons and daughters would what? That's what he's talking about right here, prophesying. That's what speaking psalms and hymns and songs is. That doesn't mean you're predicting the future. Prophesying, we've already talked about it. The spirit of the testimony of Jesus is 
the spirit of prophecy. And you're speaking words that edify and encourage and comfort. And boy, as you do, you get full. You get happy. You get carefree. And if you've never been there, you long overdue. And it just, it, I can sense the Holy Spirit right now. It is just so mm, limiting that millions of Christians, they won't even accept speaking in tongues. Much less this. And the Holy Ghost soul wants to fill people and exhilarate them and, and excite them and strengthen them and cause them to get to a place where their worries and their cares just fall off of them but they're not open they want to keep it where their intellect can stay wrapped around it and so they don't yield to him and so he tries to move in services and churches you wouldn't even think he'd go in there I'm serious you wouldn't go in there but he does and he's hovering And he said, come on, come on now, yield to me. Come on, come on. No, don't say that. (laughs) No, not that. No, no, come on, come on. I don't want him to be saying, come on, year after year with you and me. And faith, come on. We must learn. We must yield. We must cooperate. We must be open to new things, right? And not limit him, not limit the great Holy One of Israel. Here's a good start. Hmm? Did you get it? What? What's a good start? Ministering to the Lord. Ephesians says, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. Now, it is so easy. It's like speaking in tongues. People make speaking in tongues so hard. Oh, they just get all entangled in their minds trying to figure it out. It's so easy. It's so easy. All you got to do is just not try to think, just speak by faith. And here comes utterance. Prophecy is the same way. Speaking in songs and hymns and songs, same way. It doesn't have to rhyme. You don't have to have good pitch. You don't even have to know what pitch is. You just lift your voice and begin to try to express your heart. Are you ready? Stand up on your feet. Begin to lift up your heart. Begin to lift up your voice. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.